0: ...worthy of all honor and praise. And we just bless you, Father God. We just love you, Lord. We thank you for the people here today that they thought enough to come out and hear the word on a Saturday. And, Father, we just bless you and we lift you up in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, I ask that you would just ex- exalt... The Holy Spirit here today, give us instructions. Give us clear, concise instructions from heaven and help us to continue to walk this walk of faith and finish this race with patience. Amen. We just thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And Father, I just pray for our divine inspiration in this place, Lord. Help us, give us a word from heaven, and allow us to eat your manna until we get full, Lord God. Allow us to overeat. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about faith today. Faith will get you anything you want. But just shall live by faith. Amen. Your faith... Will carry you through. I'm sure you've heard that many, many times. But as long as you have a stirring inside of you, as long as you don't give up, God has not given up. He never gives up on us whether we give up or not. He has not given up on you. If if he had given if you had given up or if he had given up on you, you wouldn't be here today. Amen. You were stirred by the Holy Spirit to come here to get instructions, each and every one of you. And so we just thank God for what He's doing. He never lets us down. We always hear from heaven. Amen. So God is just, um, how can I say it? He's keeping us going. It's kind of like we keep keep going to the gas station being refueled. Amen. Amen. And we continue to go and go and go until you receive the desires of your heart. So don't give up on your family members. Don't give up on your marriages. Don't give up because God is on the throne. Amen. Faith will get you any promise from God because faith justifies you. So we're going to talk about being justified by God. What does that mean, being justified? When when you're justified by God, you're in right standing with God. You are in right standing. Amen. Your faith justifies you. The just shall live by faith. That's Hebrews 10.38. You can write that down. We won't go there today. You're justified by your faith. You're declared righteous by your faith. Amen. So when you walk by faith... And when you believe God, it is accounted to you as righteousness. So in other words, when you pray for something and you believe God for it, then you are justified or you are declared righteous like Abraham. God accounted to him, to his righteousness when he believed him. See, uh, Abraham didn't have a Bible to read like we do. Abraham didn't. You know, he wasn't able to go to the Bible and read and be convinced by the people. He didn't have the Hebrew heroes to read like we do in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. He was one of the heroes. And so he had to believe just by relationship. He had to take God's word and just believe it. Amen. He just believed the word of God. And that's what God wants us to do. When we believe, and we don't be a doubting Thomas, God accounts it or credits it to our righteousness. In other words, he says, they're okay. And I'm going to bless them. He'll put his favor on you sometimes. There's a lot of ways that he blesses us because of our righteousness. So Abraham's faith was accredited to him. Uh, To his account or evaluated. That word justified can also mean evaluated or reckoned to him. Or deemed or computed to him as good. And so God computed to him as good because he believed him. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith will get you all favor from God. See when you believe God he credits to you As righteousness, he gives you favor. You get favor. uh, You don't earn favor, but it helps when you go to do something else or you need something else from God. And he remembers that you believed his word. Amen. Thomas didn't believe the word he had to see before he believed. Thomas had to see before he believed. You know, he didn't believe that Jesus was who he was. And Jesus had to take his finger and put it in, in one of the holes that was pierced in his side. And then he believed. He says, I believe now that I see. And God said, Jesus told him, blessed are those who believe without seeing.'" So that's why it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness when he believed without seeing. Now sometimes we mess up. And that's not, we shouldn't worry when we mess up. Abraham messed up too, amen, with Hagar. Let's turn to Romans 4. Amen. Romans 4. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. I think if we understand... About just believing God. Then we'll get blessed. Thank you Father. Romans 4.3 says. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. So Abraham couldn't read about faith. He just believed God's word. Uh, let's see. So all we need is a word. Now a word, the word of God is a, the promise of God, and all we need is a word or a promise, and that's all we need. In other words, the word is enough, or should be enough for us to believe God. But naturally, you know, it's not. We have to be convinced. We have to be fully persuaded. Now, there's a way to be fully persuaded without judging or questioning God. Amen? See, the Word of God should fully persuade you. Just the promise of God should be enough to fully persuade you. And we don't have to be like Thomas, but most of us want to believe after God should give us some proof. Amen? (laughs) Amen. When God told Abraham, you and Sarah will have a baby, they believed God. He didn't consider the deadness of his body. Amen. Sarah didn't consider the age of her womb. She believed. Now they believed after. I know you're sitting there saying, well, they messed up. They did some things in the natural. Yes, they did. They did some things in the natural because they had nothing else to go on. At that time, amen. So they messed up with Hagar because their relationship wasn't solid with God, amen. But even, and I think the Lord allowed that to let us know even when we mess up, God is still with us, He has not given up on us, He's not given up on the promise. So keep going, even when you mess up, even when you question God, repent and get back where you were going, amen. Repent and get back where you were going. Amen. And so when after Hagar didn't work, they repented and they got back with God. And so they had to consider not how they felt. And that's what gets us in trouble, our feelings. Feel, and it becomes a thing where it's feelings versus your faith. Feelings versus faith. Feelings are what you sense or what your senses tell you. Faith is your trust. It's what the promise tells you. So you come to a dilemma where you have to either trust your reasoning and trust or trust what God has told you. Feelings versus your faith. Amen. So if you feed your faith, then your feelings will diminish. That, and then you'll look back and you say, well, I don't know why I felt that way about a certain thing, you know. But it will be accounted to you as righteousness. And righteousness, of course, is right standing with God. Amen. So it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness because he didn't waver at the promises of God. He believed it. Once he understood that this was real, that he was going to be the father of many. The father of many nations. Amen. Now this is one thing that the Lord has has shown me about which I believe why we're talking about this today. If we if, if Abraham is the father of many, he is the father of many nations and we are seeds of Abraham. So that entitles us to the promise. Amen. If we can understand that, God wouldn't have to convince us. Are you hearing me? Amen. See, whatever Abraham earned or if, he, if it was accredited to him as righteousness because he believed and he did believe and sure enough Isaac was born. Then if we are his seed and you and I are the seed of Abraham, then really and truly we don't have to be convinced if you think about it. Because it's already been accounted to us just like it was accounted to Abraham To righteousness. So, in other words, you see where I'm going with this? See, this promise has already been earned by Abraham. He's already planted seeds of faith, he's uh, broken the doubt, he's stopped the confusion, he's shown us that God is real and that God will come through for you, that promises of God are yea and amen. That there's nothing that God won't do for you. And so if we think about Abraham and we think about Noah building that ark with not a, you know, he didn't have to wait for an architect's design to build it. And there was never an ark built. He just obeyed instructions from heaven. And you look at all the other uh, people in the book of Hebrews who walked by faith and not by sight then we should be convinced just by our inheritance that we will receive the promises of God. See, it's like this. We don't have to earn it. God's just going to do it by your inheritance. If you can look at it like that, because sometimes when we fight the fight of faith, sometimes when we don't see salvations happening fast enough or marriages reconcile fast enough, we get weak in our faith. And we start to listen to Satan that tells us something different. Amen. And so if we will just receive by inheritance, then we'll know that we'll know that we'll know that we will receive the blessings of God. That everything that you need has already been dealt with. God even sent Jesus, his only son, to go to the cross and die so that we can receive and inherit all the blessings. Amen. So that's two different, two different ways that we have received everything that we need from God. So we don't have to earn anything. That's why usually when we stop trying so hard and when we get out of the picture, God does what he's going to do. All he wants us to do is believe it. But see, we waste time and we get things confused because we get in the way of what God is doing. See, all we really need is the plan to pick up the plan of God. All we need to really do is understand what God is doing and stay out of his way. Just get our thinking right. And that's why I truly believe that God is repositioning us in our thinking so that we will think like Christ and have the mind of Christ. Because that's our inheritance. It's our rightful inheritance to receive from God. Nobody should should have to do without. Nobody should really have to struggle. Amen. Although we go through trials and tribulations, but we know that we come out on top because we are, are descendants of Abraham. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he's already dealt with poverty, sickness, death, and disease. So this is an inheritance situation. See, you're where you are because of inheritance. So if we can believe who we are instead of what we need, then we come out victoriously. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. If we understand who we are, then that scripture applies to us more readily. So, but with us, it's always got to be a struggle. Y'all understand. Because we don't believe, so sometimes it helps if you understand who you are, amen. Rather than what you need. So if we know that we're heirs to the promises of God, then all the promises to you should be yes, yeah, yes, and amen. And so if you can really read that Bible and get a different interpretation, and still come into come into a, a an understanding. That God never says no to you. It's already been, how can I say? It's already been uh, given to you through inheritance. And it already, the promises already have your name on it. All you have to do is claim it. You know, you say, yes, I want it. And yes, I'm going to have it. And start believing God for that specific thing. Amen. And you shall surely have it. Now, Romans 4, verse 20, let's go there. And it's still talking about Abraham in verse 20. It says, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief or stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. So how many of us truly just give glory to God for the promise? We don't do it. (laughs) We go the total opposite direction. You know why? Because it doesn't feel like a blessing. Or it doesn't look like we're going to receive anything. You know, we weigh the, the, the obstacles that, that's in front of us instead of believing that we're heirs to the promises of God. If you're an heir, you've got to understand your position. Amen? If you're an heir, nobody can keep you from a specific thing. If God saved you, he's going to surely save your household. I don't care how it looks. If they're spinning around in circles and standing on their head, (laughs) you just got to believe God. You just look at him and say, wow. You know? It was this one woman that gave her testimony. Her marriage was reconciled. And she would look at her husband and tell him, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. And she's more or less sicked God on her husband. And she messed his head up by saying, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. The fire of heaven's going to fall on you. And she kept her confession straight all the time. And you know God got him. And he wound up in a church service. He hated church. Didn't want any parts of church. But he wound up in a church service. And he was the first one to fly down to the altar. Snotting and crying and you know. So, all you got to do is believe a certain thing. See, she understood her position in the body of Christ. That if God saved her, then her household would be saved because God saves households. He doesn't save one person out of the whole household, He saves households. Amen. And so it's all about your understanding in who you are and what's rightfully yours. And I think that's why God will continue to preach to us and preach to us on certain um, levels or certain issues until we get it thoroughly clear. Until we're, we're fully persuaded like Abraham. Abraham tried the other way. Like all of us. And it didn't work. Amen. Amen. And so he knew that if God said, "Well, you will be a father of many nations, as far as your eyes can see as, as, as uh, many as the uh, grains of sand is on the seashore, if you can, as many as you can count, that's how many you'll be, how many children you will have. the father of many nations." So he just received it. It was probably too mind-boggling for him to try to figure out anyway, the Father of many. And so we're Abraham's descendant and because he paid the price, I like to look at it like this, because he paid the price or because it was accounted to him as righteousness, then we received the promise. We're heirs to the promises of God. Amen. So it should be easy for us to believe when God says he's going to reconcile our marriage or he's going to save our children. See, we get caught up in the natural because we're in the world, but the God says we're not of the world. We're not a part of the world. Amen. That's why the Lord says to uh, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you don't renew your mind, and if we don't allow God to reposition our thinking and make our, our thinking right or put our thinking on the right path, get our, this old way of thinking out. See, some of us are used to thinking doom and gloom, or we judge things by how they look, or the situation that faces us. It's like, well, you don't understand. Yeah, I do understand. Amen? But I also understand that we have choices. And if we choose to believe that by our inheritance we receive the promises of God and we don't have to work at it. We don't have to help God do this. That God already, he's already done it, really. He wouldn't assign you a promise if he could not fulfill it. Amen. So I think it's the thing where we need to get to know God a little better. And then, if we got to know Him, if we got our our relationship right, or or got our relationship on a right level of understanding, and, and had a cl- uh, a closeness with God, understood and took partook in His in His, how can I say it, in His plan for our lives, then things wouldn't be so hard for us to, to believe, and we wouldn't say we're waiting on God. We're not waiting on God. You know, that's beginning to sound more ridiculous and more ridiculous the more I hear it. I've been saying that for a long time. I'm not waiting on God. He's waiting on me to understand that by my inheritance and because of whose I am, I'll receive the promise it can come at any time. Amen? Amen. See, everything is on a time schedule or the Bible talks about seasons. And, and uh, seed time and harvest will surely come. There will be times and seasons. And if you plant seeds, those seeds will surely bring a harvest. Well, when it's your harvest time, it's just your harvest time. You just have to receive that and understand that. You know, I always say, well, God, if I don't have it right now, it's just not time for it. And so you keep on Believe in God and you keep working for God and you take care of your assignment because I lay you two to one. When you're a called out person, God has an assignment for your life and nothing else matters to him. Your assignment is number one with him. Amen. It's just not time yet. There are things that God wants you to do. Everyone in here is called to do something specific for God. If you were not called to do something specific for God, you would not be here. You would not be here. But sometimes God has to tweak us. You see why He tweaks us? Because we get off the road and onto some something else that is far from where God wants us to be because of our natural concerns. See, we have concerns that draw us away from our purpose. Amen. And so God wants us to refocus to uh, be repositioned in in a place where we understand, and let me see, how can I put this, that we become concerned about what he's concerned about. And when we pick up the vision and pick up the burden that God has for us, and his burden is salvation for all people, if we would tend to that, Instead of being so concerned about what's not right in our lives. Do you know God will fix these things so quickly? So we're not waiting on Him. You know, I used to hear that all the time. and I used to get angry. I really did. Because I said, well, what else am I doing? You know, I'm doing everything God told me to do. It's not working. or You know, I didn't receive the promise. So it must be that I'm either not doing something for Him right or... He's changed his mind. <laughs> you know, those thoughts come to you. But I didn't understand by inheritance. You know, it's because of who I am, who Jesus is to me, the purpose of, of him going to that cross. These things are dealt with and they're settled. They are settled. That's why the Bible says all things are yea and amen, that God says Yes. I used to say, well, if he said yes, then why didn't the promise come to me yet? See, it's all in our thinking. We have to get our thinking right. Amen. It is just not your season. Or it is your season. It's coming. See, God told us that the, the year 2007 would be a season where, of open doors. It would be a season where, you know, you can just believe God easily. It's a year perfected faith. And that's what he's doing. He's, is, everything is on schedule. If you really think about it, it's on schedule. Amen. It's the year of the open door. This is a good opportunity for people who are changing jobs. Does anybody here want a different job? Okay, I want to pray for you before you leave. Because let me tell you something. God says this to you. This is a year of the open door. If you want a different job, now's the time to go after it. Amen. It's yours for the picking, each and every one of you. If you want a better job or a promotion, if you like your job and you just want a promotion, now's the time. It's the year of God opening doors that no man can open and closing doors that no man can close. Getting you in a right position physically and mentally so that you can receive the promise. Amen. See, the worst thing that could happen to us is we'd be overwhelmed. When you're overwhelmed, you don't do anything right. So God doesn't want to overwhelm you with too much. See, if if you are, if you get a new job, there's a training process that you go through, supposed to be. A lot of jobs try to cheat you out of your training process. But there is a training process that you're supposed to go through before you fully go into that new position. And so God is training us how to receive the promise, how to, how to cope with the promise, how to, to keep the promise, how to handle the promise. He doesn't want to overwhelm you. So he's, he's preparing us to receive his promises. Amen. Amen. Because if if God overwhelmed you with too much money in your bank account, you would just go ballistic. I mean I'd stay at the mall twenty four seven and you would too. Turn looking at me like, huh? You know you would. Buy things you shouldn't buy that you don't need, amen. So whatever and so God is He's teaching us how to be trustworthy stewards or good stewards over what He gives us, amen. It would be a pitiful shame to uh, believe God for the promise and do so much. And when you receive it, you abuse it. or Amen. Or you don't know how to uh, get the best out of what God gives you. And so God is tweaking all of us. He's preparing us. But if you would just understand that everything is on a timetable. Amen. No man knows the day or the hour, but God does. But he is going to give you all things pertaining to life and godliness. So Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. He didn't think about and try to reason how things were going to pan out. Amen. He picked up the burden and he believed God. He just believed God. Amen. He didn't try to figure out how God was going to do something. He didn't try to figure out what if, like we do. We do it all the time. And then, you know, we always think, well, this was the people in the Bible. They're not normal people. See, that's what we think. How many of you have ever thought that? You know you have. So have I. Well, that's just somebody in the Bible. That's not normal people. They were, you know, touched by an angel or whatever. We don't have that. But you know what? We really have more than they have. We have the written word of God. We have the word straight from heaven. We have prophecy, interpretation of prophecy. We have uh, tongues and interpretation. We have so many avenues to get a word from God or get his assurance that he's going to do a specific thing for us. But we jump the gun and we always pick up a substitute because our faith gets weak. And who wants a substitute? Who wants Ishmael? See, that didn't work for Abraham. He received Ishmael and God says no. After, you know, uh, Hagar kept picking at Sarah. Ha ha, I had a baby, you can't. He said, kick her out. Kick the bomb servant and the baby or whatever bonds woman, kick her out. And we're going to do this thing right because that is not the promise. See, the promise is the very best thing for you. That's why it seems so far and and in between or however that's saying. It seems like it's so hard for you to get. But the promise is the best thing for you. And it's on a scheduled time. And you have to believe God and trust Him. Amen. So it will be accounted or credited to you as righteousness. Just trust God. So Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. We're in verse 20. It says, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So if you give glory to God and you start thanking Him instead of spending your energy doubting Him, And keep thanking Him. Father, I thank You for my new house. I thank You for my husband. I thank You. Just thank Him. And stop judging Him unfaithful. Because He's a faithful God. Amen. You just have to trust Him. You have to trust Him. You have to trust in Him. And it gets weary. You know. God is not saying that you won't grow weary. But He says don't do it. He knew we would, but he tells us not to. He says, don't grow weary while doing good. Because if you faint not or if you don't quit, you'll reap the harvest. And see, that's what you want, the harvest. The harvest is for an appointed time. If we could just understand that and not think God said no. The harvest is for an appointed time. When farmers go out, they do not go out before a specific time to collect corn, to Harvest their corn. It would be insane for him to do that. You know, if he plant strawberries, he knows when the strawberries, when it's time to go out and pick. Not before that time will he go out to try to harvest strawberries. And the same thing with anything else. And so your your blessing is for a specific time. That's all it's about. That's all. And in the meantime, get your faith right. The Bible says that Abraham grew, was strengthened in his faith. He was strengthened in his faith because he spent his time developing his relationship with God. He was strengthened in faith. He read his word. He didn't dodge his prayer partners you know, or make excuses. Ouch. Did I get anybody yet? He didn't stay home. You know, least little excuse or finding excuses to stay home. God never double books. You know, it's like God can't keep a schedule book right. Amen. See, these are things. These are things that weaken our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. So it's important to be in a specific place at a specific uh, time, hearing specific words. To build your faith and make your faith strong on the inside. Some people want to dodge that because they don't like feeling exposed. Amen. Or they take things the wrong way. God sees things. Just let God do what He's doing. God doesn't want to embarrass anybody. Amen. Because God loves you, and He He His best is. I mean, He has the best for you. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says His thoughts towards us are good all the time, not sometime, but all the time, not evil to give us a future and a hope. So he doesn't want to embarrass or hurt anybody, but he wants you to hang in for the long haul. Amen. And stop being so, how can I say it, um, bothered with the time factor. You know, that was uh, Sarah and Abraham's biggest problem is the time factor. And that's why they thought that God could not be talking to them because of their age. God doesn't really care how old you are. He can perform miracles. That's not a problem for him. Amen. In fact, I think that's why he chose those two. To show us that time has nothing to do with what he's going to do. Time has nothing to do with his plan and his purpose for our lives. Amen. So he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded. Hallelujah. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Hallelujah. So he was fully persuaded, and that's what we need to be. Fully persuaded. And I believe that that's what God is doing today. Being, he wants to fully persuade us by the word of God that God is going to come through for us big time. Amen. His faith was not weakened, but the Bible says it was strengthened. His faith was strengthened, giving honor to God and being fully persuaded that what God said he could do, he could do. He, so giving glory to God strengthens your faith. Acknowledging Him. Strengthening your commitment to Him. Strengthening your and putting more time in your relationship with God. Strengthens your faith. It builds your confidence. Amen. His faith was not weakened but strengthened. Amen. So take your confidence out of yourself. And I think this is what God wants you to know today. Take your confidence out of you. Stop depending on your strength. And your power and your testimony and what you can do. Stop thinking that it's all on your shoulders. It's not. It does not depend upon you as much as you think. I mean, we play a part in everything. And God uses us. Amen. But I'm telling you that God can do this all by himself. All you need to do is believe. That's your part. Your part is to believe. His part is to perform. Amen. And well, why would you believe? You believe because you know who you are. Because of your inheritance, you receive the promise. Because you're born again, you receive the promises. Because you're born again, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because you're born again, that qualifies you. Amen. Because you're born again, because you're the seed of Abraham, that qualifies you for the promise. So you're already qualified. God's already assigned it to your name. He's assigned your family for salvation. Even if they're jumping through hoops, doing drugs, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're called to be saved just like you. You know, I know you you think, "Well, I never did drugs. I never drank." It doesn't matter. Amen. It doesn't matter. God is going to save your family. He's using you as an example. All you have to to do is act right. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all you need to do. Act right and be fully persuaded. Hallelujah. Get the doubt. Stop wavering. He didn't stagger at the promises through unbelief. But he was fully persuaded by the word of God. The promise was enough for him. Amen. He was fully convinced by his relationship with the Lord. He was fully convinced because he knew that a part of him loved the Lord and God loved him. Amen. God was not a liar. Hallelujah. Amen. So Abraham's. Senses played no part in this situation. His reasoning played no part. have to understand everything. It's called religion. It's not God. God doesn't do that. That's what Thomas did. He had to reason and figure out everything. That's your mind. You know what? That's called self-will. Because you think you got to understand. See, this is what, when, when we reason... And got to understand things have to make sense all the time. You just don't receive and accept. That's your flesh. It's your flesh. You're in pride because you have to understand everything. Everything has to make sense to you. Everything doesn't have to make sense, not when it comes to the things of God. Now, I suggest if you sign papers to buy a house or certain things like that, you had better understand what you're signing. But that's why God gave us five senses. But your senses does, does not play a part in the things of God. In fact, your senses are going to lead you down a different way. You have to go after the things of God. Go after the promises of God just by word of understanding. Understanding that that promise is for you and that you can have it because of who you are. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. God doesn't care what you've done wrong. By all, by process of elimination, uh, Sarah and Abraham should have been disqualified. Having a baby out of wedlock. That don't even make sense. Committing fornication. Now that was adultery. You understand what I'm saying? So by all, by all rights, uh, or, or all measures of where we understand, they should have been disqualified. But God didn't disqualify them. And you know what that said? That speaks volumes to me. Amen. Amen. Two people got it. No matter how much I've tried to show God I, I'm going to do this. Without really saying that to him. I thought I was being obedient. But trying to do it myself and thinking it was all on me. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Picking up God's burden. See, I did more, more wrong to the situation because I was looking in the natural, trying to evaluate things by how they look. And so we can't go by, look, the just shall live by faith. Not by how things look. Because I'm telling you, if we go by how we look, we see people turning cartwheels and flips, saying nasty things to us, cursing us out, disrespecting us. You know what you want to do? You want to punch them in the face. You know what I'm saying? My goodness. That's what they deserve. And they do. We won't be too holy today. We'll just tell it like it is. They deserve it. But God loves them anyway. and He's called them to be saved. Their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life just like yours and mine. And they will be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. All you have to do is believe it. Keep praying for them and don't quit. And say, God, you know what? I've been carrying this burden. See, a lot of these burdens weren't given to us. They were picked up (laughs) along the way. And some of us never even think about our loved ones. A few of us never think about our loved ones being saved. Amen. But they will be saved because of who you are. See, they have, they have an attachment into heaven or a legal path into heaven because of who you are. So we need to really, if we want to face reality, we really need to really face the real reality. And the reality is we're the seed of Abraham and we're the uh Jesus he died on that cross for us, which gives us um or makes us i should say legal heirs to the promises of God we're legal, we're not illegal, we're not aliens the bible says <laughs> the Bible says we're peculiar people, amen, a chosen generation and a royal priesthood amen hallelujah, and so we need to understand that Abraham's understanding played no part in this scenario. It played his reckoning, his reasoning played no part. Him trying to figure out now how am I going to produce a baby at 100 years old that had no part in this scenario. When he dropped all of that dumb stuff, it happened. Amen after because if you read it after Hagar and the baby and all of these natural see after he stopped trying in the natural to make this thing happen and trusted God and stopped looking at how it looks in the natural because that's called pride because you think it's all on you all you got to do is act right Amen? amen be a representative just be who you are Amen. You're called for such a time as this. You know, God loves you and he's using you. You're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a holy nation. All you got to do is be that. That's all you have to do. And you've done your part. You see, most of us, especially you young people, when you get out among the heathen or the world, you filter in. And so we need to continue to be who we are amen so abraham was fully persuaded we need to do what he he did and this is why it was accredited to him as righteousness so his faith made him righteous and your faith makes you righteous amen abraham knew it was beyond his ability to make it happen and that's a good place to be and me and you need to get there we can't make it happen that's why we're still hitting at the same rock because we can't make it happen. And we keep vacillating between truth one day and non truth the next day. And we don't know what we believe because we keep going back and forth. We keep wavering or staggering at the promises through unbelief. But if we understand who we are, who we are, and whose we are, that's what makes, that's to me what seals the deal. That takes the mystery out of this mayhem <laughs> if I can call it. Amen. Honey, if you belong to God, he will not let you starve. He just won't. Something will happen and you will receive something. It's just this, it's just it's about who you are, who you represent. Amen. So when Abraham finally put two and two together, he started to understand that this is not It's beyond my abilities. It's not on me. But this is God's promise. And God can fully fulfill the promise that he's given to me. Amen. Let's flip over to Romans 5 verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let me read that again. Through whom also we have access by faith into his grace. By faith into his grace. In which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that but we also glory in tribulations which most of us don't. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. This is why we go through. This, this is why we're in the position that we are right now. God is trying to produce some perseverance inside of you. He's trying to strengthen you and build your character. Amen. He's trying to produce character and hope and teach you how to not lose hope. Some people, if they don't get what they want after two, three, four, five years, forget 20. They just change. They get on another road. Amen. And they give up. And you know this is what they say. God never told me that. Now I've been in doubt. Don't get me wrong. Where I say God did you really tell me this. But all the while I know he told me this. But you got to get real far out in the ozone to say God never told you that. You know. See that's called you gave up. And God doesn't want you to give up. Now, if you sit up and you watch these people who are called to be saved, that will make you want to give up. (laughs) It'll make you want to give up or shoot them or something. Amen. Don't look at them. Please don't watch them. You ever just got tired of watching your kids? I just keep it with kids. We ain't going to say nothing about the little husband and you be in, went out and shot him or looked for him with a gun. But you know how you just, you just get so tired of, of, you know you need to get tired of watching. See what we do is we try to handle and control all of these situations around us because we think we know what God is doing. God is much more wise than, the Bible says he's the most high God. He's the all wise God. Amen. So we're no match for God. But we think we are because this is our life. Well, guess what? It ain't your life. You've been purchased with a price. Your life is not your own. See, if you're born again, you can't sit and do anything you want to do when you want to do it. God comes first. And so many of us put God in a little corner once or twice a week, you know. And he doesn't like that. And then you wonder, why didn't I get the promise? Well, when did you pray last? (laughs) Yeah. When did you last do something for God? See, let's put it to you like this. If you don't incorporate God in your everyday life, you will be struggling. You'll be working hard. Your life will not be full of peace. It will not be full of, you know... You just you'll just be hyped up and nutty all the time, because you don't trust him and you don't give him free reign in your life. God's yoke is easy, and His burden is light, and He died so that you can have peace. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to know when to say, "You know what, God, I repent. I've been doing trying to do this myself, and I didn't understand that it was already done. And I'm just going to surrender to your plan and your purpose for my life. And thank you for calling me out from among them. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a good place to be. Amen. So if we understand who we are, that you're a seed of Abraham, your father of many nations. And it was accounted to him as righteousness when he simply believed God. You don't have to fight for anything. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. And he is fully able able and capable. Sometimes we stop the blessing because of our wrong attitudes. And we get so upset with people and mad and they don't even know we're mad and could care less. That's the hurting part. They don't care. They're not thinking about us. Amen. Verse 4 says in perseverance, character, and character, hope. Character brings hope. Perseverance develops character. Tribulation produces perseverance. And verse 5 saying, Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen. There's another gift that you had nothing to do with. That God did. Because he knew you would need a helper called the Holy Spirit. We had nothing to do with him yet and still. We want to control Him too. Control when people, decide when people need them. And that's why when people come to me and say, my, my daughter or my son need the Holy Spirit, I don't listen. Because only God knows. And you can never force the Holy Spirit on anybody. That's what the Lord told me. He says, never force anybody to receive the Holy Spirit. Because if they don't want it, they're not going to receive it. They know they can receive it at any time. People just don't like to feel pressured into anything because of pride. So if people want to keep their pride, I let them have it. Amen. So God has to, God really has to woo people's hearts and change their hearts. God has to do that. We can't do that. If if we could change people, boy, I could think of a lot of people right now. I could think of maybe 50 people that would be changed. That I know. But that's not my job. My job is to believe God at all costs. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Did we read verse 6? Verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for the righteous man will one die, yet performs, oh I'm sorry, perhaps for a good What is that? Good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. See, everything is through him and by him. It didn't have anything. You didn't see your name in there anywhere. God did all of this by himself. And if he's able to do that, he's able to perform every promise that he's given you. Amen. We can't change people. I wish we could. We, we really can't change anything that's distasteful. Because tribulations will come. The Bible's already told you that. But how you come out is how you deal with them. If you keep your faith level up and you understand who you are, then you know these things are just passing just like the wind. Amen. So we must become fully persuaded by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word. That's Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Amen. So we might receive the promise through the hearing of the Word. That's why you come to hear the Word because that increases your faith. That's why we can't afford to stay home. Because we need to hear the Word. Well, I heard that already. That's why you don't have the promise because you're in pride. Because each time you hear the word, it should change a little bit. My goodness. (laughs) It should pass your inspection just a little bit. Amen. Amen. And so God says that by hearing the word of God, it increases and strengthens your faith. And you'll understand who you are and whose you are. And understand that these promises are for a specific time. That's all. It's nothing you did right or wrong. It's for a specific time. And maybe his timing is different from her timing and her timing is different from her timing depending on how you receive, how you live in your life. Some of you don't need uh, the promise right now because you don't live your life right, amen. You look too much in the natural and then you say, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do something about this myself. And you get deeper and deeper and deeper in trouble. Why? Because you're not in faith, Amen. Romans four twelve. Let's go back to four verse twelve. It says, "And the father of no, that's not the one I want. I want the one that says the word is sharp and quick, sharp and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing marrow and bone. Well, you know the scripture." It's in there somewhere, so the Word of God is sharp, and the the point I'm trying to make if somebody find it, let me know the The point I'm trying to make is if the Word of God is all of this, it don't need you to help it get something done. amen because it does it can pierce bone from marrow and it also uh, can decipher purposes and intentment of the heart. Hebrews 4.3. Oh okay. Oh okay that's Hebrews. I probably wrote down uh, Romans by mistake. Hebrews 4.12. Thank you. Okay let's go there right quick. See, the Word of God is doing something by itself right now without you. It's separating bone from marrow while you're sleeping. See, you see how crazy it is to think we, God, need us? He don't need us. All He needs us to do is act right, act like a Christian, and be for real. Stop being a fake Christian. And be real. That's all he wants you to do because, see, you're a living witness. There's people who are unsaved watching you. God wants you to act right. That's all he wants you to do. Stop being behind closed doors doing things you shouldn't do. Acting like a heathen and pretending to be a Christian. I know none of you here do that. Okay, let's see. I thought, thought I want to go to one, but... I'll go to 12. It says, For the Word of God is living. It's alive. That's number one. Something alive is always doing stuff. So we can't control the Word. The Word is doing fine just on its own. Amen. We need more of the Word in us so we'll become alive instead of being so whatever. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now that's deep. That word powerful means it's active. And it's effective. So the word don't need us. Amen. So if God's given you a promise, it will surely come without you doing anything. Just believe and act like a Christian. That's all you got to do. But, you know, we, but if we don't see it coming, we go out and get it for ourselves or we try to do this thing the wrong way because God never told me that that's what we say after 5 or 6 years after 10 years and it's something how Satan can trick us like that go back on God's word i know you feel like that but you don't you don't live by your feelings you don't let your feelings determine how you think amen The just shall live by faith, not feelings, not how you feel. See, we give our feelings too much presence. Well, I don't feel good today, so I'm going to do this. Do what people who are healed, that's why people get sick. I'm healed in Jesus' name, you ask them, and then they're in the bed. Well, you got to do what healed people do. Healed people are not in the bed. If you say you're healed, then you got to do what healed people do. That's how you get healed. Amen. Amen. See, you can't do one thing and talk another because the devil ain't scared of your bluff. You can't bluff your way through this. You know, some people always want to have the right word for you to make you think they're on their job. But we all do that stupid stuff until we understand that we're we're being tricked by Satan. And we say, you know what, I'm getting up out of this bed and I'm going to go scrub the floors. Or I'm going to go wash the windows. Or something. You do what healed people do. And your healing will catch up with you. That's why people go winting. They were healed as they went. Everybody don't get healed at the altar. Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you, devils will fall off of you after you leave the altar. That's good. Because we don't need anybody to see it. You know, you don't need the show. Any. Preachers that need that show thing is goofy anyway. But as long as you get delivered, that's the important thing. And so it doesn't matter how it happens, really, just that it happens. Amen? I don't know, I got off of what I was saying. Okay, so the Word of God is alive, it's effective, it's energizing, it's quick and it's powerful, it's uh, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner, and this is what gets me a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God knows your heart better than you do, but we've got to help God perform the Word. Makes no sense. So at some point, we as Christians must understand who we are. You're going to get this by uh, a blessing by association, if I can say that, who you are. You get the blessing. It's nothing that you have to do to help God. All you need to do is follow instructions. And that's a come up from where most of us are. Because when we receive instructions, number one, we don't realize this instruction, most of us. Or number two, we have it figured out a different way. We're going to do it this way. And God's not told you that. Amen. So all he wants you to do, the Bible says, be a light. That's ministry. Ministry is being a light to the world. Amen. But when we don't get the promise or when we think the promise didn't, don't come in our time allotment, we go right back to the world. Most of us. Not all of us. Especially you young people. I'm just going to tell you. You go back to the world and you start doing what you're going to do because you're in control of your life. But your life is not your own. You've been purchased with a price. You know, when you're born again, you can't do anything you want to do. But most young people think, I'm young, I can do this, I can do that. But they're in pride. Amen? And pride comes before the fall. Amen. And let's go to verse 13. I like how that sounds. It says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, take that. You see, God knows what you're trying to do, and it's not going to accomplish that which He pleases. Only His plan of God accomplishes what He pleases. Amen? So it's good for us to be fully persuaded. Understand that our relationship with God strengthens our faith. And because of who God is, and because we've been adopted, and we're legal heirs to the throne Amen, of God, we're legal heirs to the promise. That entitles you. And it's nothing that you're doing or not doing wrong. If anything's wrong, it's your thinking. And you looking at the situation in the natural, trying to fix it and trying to have our way. We want to be crowned little mini-gods and we don't even know it. Because we want it to come through us. So we could, But the Bible says, least any man should boast. I don't want you to do this thing. I want to do it. So you won't be able to boast. God wants you to stay in your position. Amen. He wants you to use your position of authority against Satan. And not let him overtake your life and your family. Fight the good fight. That's part of fighting the good fight of faith. And if you do that, you've done all you need to do. Let's go to Hebrews 11 right quick. I'm almost done. Everybody's sleepy. I guess you got up so early and you prayed all morning. Whatever. 11 verse 3 says, By faith, and some of you didn't get here until 12. And the ones that got here at 10, bless you. You will be blessed. But the ones that got here at noon, shame on you. Trying to rush me. Hebrews 11 verse 3 said, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now where were we when God was framing the world by his words? In other words, that word "frame" means it was set in order. So the world was set in order by the word. So the word is so powerful. It sets things in order in the world. But yet and still God needs us. To fix this thing. You see what I'm saying? So all he needs us to do is endure. And and stop complaining. Amen. And quit worrying. Amen. Because it's just like unbelief negates the word. And faith attracts the word. So God wants you to just chill out and... And just trust him. Amen. By faith we understand that the world worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Can we please understand that? Let me read it one more time. For those people who are just waking up. We got a few sleepers. By faith. We do this by faith. We understand by faith. By faith we understand that the world. Were framed or set in order by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words if God created the heavens and the earth. Or if God created the, the sea or the sun or the moon by a word. It, then that was not visible before it happened. So in other words it took some somebody's faith to create something. As y'all following me. So it's going to take your faith to create those things which you cannot see. Your faith is enough. Your faith will see you through. So your faith is powerful. Just a word from God. If God says, I'm going to restore your marriage, that word is enough for restoration. Amen? Why? Because that word was framed or set in motion by God. And it was not visible before he spoke it. He spoke that when it was just everything was null and void. And he can handle your nutty husband. If he can handle mine, he can handle yours. Amen. That's just the truth of the matter. And so we have to start trusting in the word that that set in motion the world. Hallelujah. So and it was not it was not made of things which can be seen. It says here that it was made by things which are not visible or which was not seen. It was not made of things which was visible, but it was made by something unseen. Just a word, just a spoken word. And all we need is a word from God to, to reestablish our faith and strengthen our faith. Amen. So by faith, we understand these things. Faith speaks. Faith talks a certain way. Faith sees things differently than in the natural. See, some people just like to look in the natural and live by the natural. And call that, you know, what do they call it? Reality. That's not reality. See, it depends on where your, your reality is in the natural. Because you don't understand spiritual things. And God, you know, you think you do, but you don't. So your reality is the natural when your reality needs to be the invisible. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. See how we get off track so easily. Well, this is what I'm dealing with. No. You shouldn't be dealing with it at all. You need to be trusting God. Let Him deal with it. Yes. Yes. See, we get, we get off in a lot of ways. Now, we know these things are happening, but the Bible says have no confidence in the flesh, in the natural. Your confidence is not in the natural. Your confidence is in the Word of God because it's already been spoken. It's already been worked out. Do you know God already knows who your husband is? You don't. He does. Some people think they do. They don't know. God knows, but you don't. But you think you know because you're smarter than God. Let that marinate for a while. <laughs> you just in, just want what you want. But if you want God's best, you just ought to say, you know what? I don't know who my husband is, but I know he's going to be the best husband I could ever have. And stop worrying about who he is. Because you know what? When you finally get married and settle down, you're probably going to be so thankful you didn't marry who you thought you were going to A lot of people shouldn't have gotten married. You know how I, in the old days, when, well the old days, back in my day, when you got a girl pregnant, you got married. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I thought that was the right thing to do. I really did. Because you know that family, keep the family together. But now that since I've been a Christian and really understanding the things of God, that's just pressure. The the key is to not have sex and leave people alone. And if you keep your mind out of sex, thinking of sex all the time, maybe you can get with the the, per, the person God purposed you to be with. Because, see, that's what attract most young people is sex. How am I doing over here, guys? They looking down. I'm going to mess with them today. I've been nice to them for a long time. So the one that you think is yours might not be yours. God might have something better for you. Because you thought the last one was him. the one him. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Be mad. Hey, whenever God gets you, nails you, it's a blessing. He nails people for a reason. Amen. So just give God a chance. He knows what's best for you. And anyway, you know, when you try to fix things and, well, I'm going to marry him when I get older. It might be, you know, Freddy Krueger. You don't know. Let God choose your husband. And if it's the one you've chosen, then la die. da What a blessing. You know? It might be and it might not be. Just if it is, then you don't have nothing to worry about. Just serve God and be an example. But if it's not, then just... Have some patience and have some faith in God's plans and purpose because He's, you know, this is the thing, young people. God will not put you with something that's not good for you. He's not that kind of dog. You know, God, you know, you think God is a dirty dog. He's not a dirty dog. He wants the best for you. He looks at the bigger picture. He ain't looking at your flesh. He don't care about how much your flesh is screaming, He could care less. You get that under control. The Bible says for you to do that. That's why he, the Bible says to be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You gotta get your mind renewed so you don't think about sex all the time. That's why most young people want to get married. They look at it as open season or free sex. Open season, is that? Free sex. Legal sex. Whatever it is. What did I say? Did I say that wrong? Mean. you know I don't know what I mean that that wasn't did come out right did it <laughs> but you know what I what do I mean I'm, I'm confused you know it's like it's it's like you can all restraints are gone and see then in five or ten years you're bored you know why because you jumped the gun and then this is what they say God didn't tell me to get married well we know that, but you stuck now. And then they want you to stand behind their divorce. I don't know you. Mm, I'm not doing it. Well, you know, you told me not to get married. Well, why didn't you listen? And we have people come back, haven't we, and tell us that very thing. Well, you the one who said it wasn't my husband, yeah, but you didn't listen. So it's your husband now. So you can have what you say, so carry on. Then they want to get out of it because it wasn't as exciting as they thought because they were just in lust. Lust make you do foolish things. Amen. How am I doing over here in the young people's court? Amen. I wouldn't want to get stuck with somebody I'm in lust with because it's just your imagination running away with you. Amen. Once again. So by faith, Abraham obeyed. Amen. Amen. I know y'all going to, you know, discuss this later. (laughs) They're going to discuss this later. They're going to have a press conference. Amen. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to (laughs) shoot. So it's the evidence of things not seen. Let's get back to faith. (laughs) We must see through the eyes of faith. The eyes of faith... Does not look in the natural. The eyes of faith sees into the invisible. You know we just read that scripture in Hebrews that said the worlds. In Hebrews 3 it says the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So the promise that God has given you for your life is not made up of something visible. Why are you looking What are you looking at? Kind of crazy, ain't it? What are we looking for? Evidence to support God's theory that God's going to do it. Well, he ain't giving you no evidence. The just shall live by faith, not evidence by faith. Well, it don't look too good. It don't look too bad either. (laughs) If you can't see it, you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah, you got to go by what you know and who you know. Who are you related to? Whose are you? I'm the seed of Abraham Well, the promise is yours because you inherited the promise. You don't have to look and see how it looks. You ain't going to see nothing because the worlds were framed by what's not seen. By the invisible realm. Your blessing is in the invisible realm. You're not going to see it. Amen? So stop looking so hard. Sometimes God will show you things and sometimes he won't. If you act like you're just going to crack up, sometimes he'll let you see little glimmers of hope. You know? (laughs) Just so you won't cut yourself with a butter knife. Sometimes he'll say, look at this nut. Let me give her some relief. See, he'll have somebody twinkle their little eye at you, let you know you're still cute, you know. You still got it. And the husband is still coming. But see, this is what I, I've learned. Prepare. Prepare. If you want a husband, would you please do something with your hands besides fold them. My goodness. Learn how to cook. Now, am I right, Ms. Joyce? you got to learn how to cook to keep a husband. That's right. And they like to eat every day. Please, young people, learn how to cook and stop thinking your looks is going to hold the marriage together. It won't, honey. It won't do it. It won't work. Amen. It just don't work. No, what's going to keep it going is your abilities, who you are and whose you are. Amen? And don't stop serving God to get a husband. Now this is what most, you know most people do? They go out of the kingdom to find a husband. When God, when, when husbands really want godly women. You know, you know how so many, let me tell you what the worldly women do. They take a bath, they look normal, like a Christian, and they learn a few whew, hallelujahs. And then they go into church and get your husbands, our husbands I should say, and then take them back out of the kingdom. It's called kidnapping. It is. Don't they do that? And you know what they do? We have had men, They. this is what they say, you're my husband. God said, you're my husband. That's their, their role or their speech. And they believe it because they've been praying for a wife. A godly wife. And see, she knows what to do to get your man. <laughs> Say the right thing. Act the right way. And then she's bridezilla. <laughs> Time that ring go on her finger. She's bridezilla. I mean, that's just how they, they operate. See, Satan will send a woman in the church to get a man. And he'll send a man in the church to get a woman. I've had women tell me, he told me he was a godly man. Well, told you, don't you know? My goodness. Don't you know a godly man when you see one? See, everybody's flesh is all pumped up. Want to hear what it wants to hear. Kill the flesh. That's why you ain't got no husband yet. Flesh too much alive. Honey, you don't. You know when God's got it planned, you don't even know what's going on. I remember Bridget telling me she didn't remember nothing about the wedding until after after it had happened. <laughs> she said, "Did you know?" I said, "No, I didn't know. I was just praying for a godly husband. When he come, you ain't gonna even be."